Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It's here, the playoff edition, the Hangtime Podcast. Thank you, Smith, here at headquarters in Atlanta. My main man, Greg Anthony, joining us. John Schumann, the man known around the world for the Schumann stat, on with us as well. Gentlemen, it's all history now. The regular season over. Playoff matchups are finally set. So we had to wait till the wee hours of the last night of the regular season to get it all squared away. But we have what we asked for. Intriguing playoff matchups on both sides of the conference divide. I am looking forward to all of it, um, but especially looking forward to this Philadelphia 76er shoe. I know you're going to get an uh, an up-close eyeball on them. Before we get to the West, tell me, Shu, what what are you looking most forward to about this Philadelphia playoff run? Well, I mean, I think the first question is when's Embiid going to play? Yeah. Because... Um, you know, they've been playing differently without him. I mean, they've been playing really fast where the ball is just in in Ben Simmons' hands and he doesn't have to wait for Embiid, you know. And, and not that that's a, a bad thing. It's two different – it's just two different styles. But it, it's been kind of fun to watch them play the last uh, eight or nine games without Embiid and their offense has just taken off. I mean, this was yeah. a good defensive team from day one basically and their offense has just improved with every 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 month. And I think they ranked second offensively over this 16-game winning streak that closed the season. So, I mean, they are on fire. But Miami is a team that can can put a stop to that pretty quickly. You know, obviously a, a grinded-out defensive team uh, first and foremost. And so I'm, I'm fascinated just to see Ben Simmons in the playoffs, how Miami's going to defend him. Right. Um, if they can get back in transition and, and take away his strength and then force him to play in the half court and then see how they defend him, you know, uh, if Embiid is playing, when Embiid has the ball, you know, how's, how is, is, are they going to pay any attention to him? Yeah. The good thing about Philly is that they just move so much and they move the ball so much that you can't just sort of ignore anybody for any given amount yeah. of time. I bring Philly up before we get into, you know, we'll, we'll run down each series starting with the West, but I bring Philly up because, GA, they are the poster child for those 14 teams who will be watching the playoffs from Jamaica and Turks and Caicos and <laughs> all these other exotic locales, they they are the Pied Pipers for the for the non-playoff teams. And I'm wondering, are those GMs in in front office executives on those teams looking at Philly and going, you know what? Maybe they it took you know five six years, but maybe <laughs> maybe they had something there. You, you know, a lot of that though depends on the draft. Yeah, and you know, like you can. There've been a lot for every year you get a transcendent talent at one. I can give you a year where you don't. Right. So I mean, listen, everything went well, and, and we're saying, and remember this, we're saying how well everything went. They drafted Nerlens Noel, <laughs> the little Okafor, and I'm missing Michael one. Carter Williams. Michael Carter Williams. Michael Carter Williams. Michael Carter Williams. Carter Williams. Yeah, in this stretch as well. So. 
they basically have done what most teams, what, what most good teams do is basically you hit on about half. Yeah. And timing and everything is, is worked out now. That, that The beauty for them is the half they hit. Remember, Embiid, I think, was he third or fourth in that draft? Third. Oh, third, yeah. Think, yeah. So he wasn't even the first pick, and they waited three years for him. Now, we saw with Greg Oden. What if that didn't work out? Right. Like, there's just no guarantee. It, it's, a, it's a phenomenal story. Uh, but there is no one way to get it right. At the end of the day, the only way to get it right is if the guys that you draft, because there have been years where there have been consensus drafts on who the number one pick is, and he just didn't pan out. Yeah. So yeah. they were fortunate in, in what they got, and then you got to credit them with making all the little complimentary moves. And, and having said that, the guy that started this ain't there. <laughs> right. So, Shout out to so, Sam Hickey. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, listen, I, I do think now, though, to me, the bigger story, big picture in the Eastern Conference, you know, was always thought to be a foregone conclusion that Boston was next up, wasn't it? Like after yeah. the moves they made coming into this to the season. Yeah, and then and the way they surprised early in the season. Yeah, I think they got arguably outside. When you take LeBron off the table, you could argue they've got the two best talents moving forward in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't put up a formidable argument against that. Um, Anyway, I, I wanted to get Philly out of the way um, j- just briefly. We'll get back to them sh- shortly. Um, last night, you know, we had a dramatic finish, you know, for that final playoff spot in the Western Conference. Timberwolves had to go to overtime to get their spot. Ending the, the second longest. I did not realize that was the second longest playoff drought in league history, which is that's crazy. That's just staggering to me. I covered their their last playoff series. The, the Western Conference Finals in 2004 when the Lakers beat KG in a year when, you know, the, the Timberwolves people really thought that was the beginning of their run. Like, they thought they were getting ready to be, uh, you know, a conference finalist potentially year after year with KG leading the way. And uh, just to let you know how quickly things can change, you look up and you are 13 years, you know, between playoff trips. Um, do you look at... With with the the number of coaches being shown the door, I mean Jeff Hornacek before the night was out, Frank Vogel before you got done drinking your orange juice and coffee the next morning, did did Tom Thibodeau save some save some people's jobs, his own included maybe, by winning that game the way they did and getting into the postseason? You know I, I don't think so. I, I think listen, losing Jimmy Butler was monumental. Yeah, to them because prior to that they were probably going to be a team that would have had home court in the first round. Uh, because of the depth of that conference, you know, it came down to the last game, but they still had a really good season. You got to remember where they were a season ago Yeah. in terms of the overall record. The fact that the moves they made have culminated in them making a postseason or would have put them a game out, I think they would have been fine because uh, they got their core in place. Um, you can question whether or not – their three max guys are all max. I don't think there's any doubt about Towns. I mean, he was brilliant last night. Jimmy Butler has proved his work as well. You could say, well, Wiggins maybe isn't a max guy. You could make the argument. But even Wiggins, I thought, had some big moments for him last night. Sure. In a pressure-packed situation. That was a playoff game. Yes, it was. It didn't like a playoff game. They had the intensity of it, the frustration. The officials didn't go overboard with you know, silly text. They allowed the guys to, to express themselves. I just thought it was a really fun atmosphere for the game. 
uh, and how good it was it to have it on NBA TV last night. I, I was blown away by that. I loved it. And, yeah, right. I saw you on that thing, so I, I think I think they're going to be fine. I think they would have been fine, but this adds another element to it because yeah. they've broken the streak, and it, it does make you think that okay, this group's kind of heading in the right direction, knowing that they are committed to extending Jimmy Butler and, and making him a, a, a max guy. Yeah, shoot. Moving on from that game in particular, shoe into the matchup in the first round, Rockets. You know, with the number one overall seed, obviously, and the Timberwolves. What? The Rockets wiped them out during the regular season, of course, but they did that to basically everybody. What do the Wolves do uh, to try and slow these Rockets down? I mean, do they have enough personnel-wise, just defensively, to try and, you know, at least serve as a speed bumper, anything, to to slow this Rockets team team down? Well, I mean— you would think that with with Butler and Wiggins and Towns and Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson that there's the makings of a good defensive team in there somewhere, but we haven't seen it yet, yeah. and we certainly didn't see it against the Rockets this year. I mean, Houston scored 130 points per 100 possessions in those in that sweep, and that was the most efficient any team was against any other team in their own conference this year. So what um, you're saying is I should so- pack for four games for that series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just yeah, just expect expect a lot of a lot of offense. You know, Minnesota is a very good offense. The, the, the fun thing about that is it's such a contrast in style. The Rockets took more than half of their shots from three, and 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 uh, Minnesota was last in that regard. They they were right. last in the percentage of their shots that came from three point range. Right. Um. So there's a contrast style, and they and they you know they they get their offense in the paint at the line by taking care of the ball. But yeah, I just don't. I I mean, you would think that there's with with Thibodeau and with that personnel I just named. All I mean, Teague was on a, on on a couple of great defensive teams in Atlanta. You know, Towns has the the skill set or the you know the the makings of a good defender. It's just not there. And same yeah. with Wiggins. It's just not there consistently. You yeah. know, the multiple efforts on 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 possessions, the just possession to possession, quarter to quarter. It's just not there consistently enough for me to believe that this team has any chance of, of, of slowing down the Rockets. Yeah, Taj Gibson should get uh, his WWE nickname after the way he manhandled Jokic in that game. Yeah, I mean, that, was, was, I mean that, game, that game was an offensive game until, you know, finally at the end, uh, you know, Taj Gibson locked up Jokic in the last five minutes or so. Yeah, it was unbelievable. That was the difference. It was unbelievable. You know? Yeah, and see, I thought it was more of a – I didn't think it was an offensive game. Sure, I, I, I thought both teams – did some really good stuff offensively against good defense. Like, I really thought last night was more indicative of what Minnesota can be. Like, the regular season, that's why you can't put everything on the regular season. I I do think Houston's clearly the better team. I mean, I I, I look at Houston as a team to to be in the West. But Minnesota, to your point, you also got to look at how they're going to match up because they're going to have Jimmy Butler guard James Harden extended period, I think. In, mm-hmm. in that game. I think he's going to have to be Has a guy to. that matches up. Wiggins will get some as well. I just don't think Wiggins has enough experience. Yeah. Um, and Gibson, they have a guy who at that forward position, they can put on either big and take away some of the pressure on Towns to try to alleviate his foul trouble. <laughs> and they're going to create matchup problems offensively, to your point, for, for Houston. So the other thing that a lot of the stuff doesn't talk about the stats. I mean, the pressure now for Houston as a one seed, the expectation. You've already seen D'Antoni try to downplay it. Yeah. Well, you know. I ain't buying you know, that, by the way. I'm not buying that. Not gonna, 
Those are that's psychological. That's not statistical. Yeah. Those are the aspects of a playoff series that come into play. And if you're Minnesota, they finally found out how they have to play in order to have success defensively. And sometimes, you know, you can you think you're playing hard, but now they have video proof, right? And, and Tibbs is going to be able to show them the things they had to do. And, yeah, Denver still scored 106, but it wasn't an easy 106. I mean, honestly, Jokic was incredible. I mean, he hit some really, really difficult shots last night. Will Barton was, was incredible for him for stretches as well. And Denver's a great offensive team. They're not broke. I mean, they can score the basketball. But to me, last night showed me from a defensive standpoint that Minnesota can be competitive. I'm yeah. not saying they're going to win the series, but they can be competitive in the series because they are good enough offensively. They will create matchup problems for Houston as well. There are areas that Houston will struggle against them. I don't know if Houston can control the defensive backboard against them. Um, so they're going to be – that series is going to be fun. And, and if you're Houston, you want to come out the first game. You do not want it to be a dogfight. You yeah. really want to try to come out and impose your will and make the Timberwolves remember the regular season because they don't have a lot of playoff experience with their core young guys. But their veteran guys have some experience. Yeah. You know, Gibson's been there. Rose has been there. Butler's obviously been there. Uh, you know, Teague has been there. Crawford, they have guys who've been in those situations that will help that group. You know, this is not just some young up-and-coming uh, team that's, you know, all happy to be there. They got a lot of veteran guys that are going to have confidence that they can be successful in the season. Yeah, G- game one, Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern on TNT. This is the series we we ask for every year. You know, what the Warriors need to show us that they can get through the Spurs. Well, they get them right off the bat. Game one Saturday at 3 o'clock Eastern on ABC. The Warriors won the season series 3-1, but even if that – I don't think we can look at it now with the injuries that, that both teams are dealing with and put a whole lot of stock in it. This is this is exactly, shoe what, what Greg Popovich is always asking for, right? He gets a chance to go at the team that is the nemesis right away. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm just I'm more focused on on Golden State and just their inability so far to really win comfortably without Curry. And yeah. obviously, the question is when is Curry come back? But they are they are four and six in games where they had Durant, Thompson, and Draymond, and they did not have Curry against teams with winning records, mm-hmm. and that's not good. And that includes obviously getting. Uh, blown out in Utah on Tuesday, I guess it was. Right. Um, so I mean, they they've got to figure some things out. I mean, they don't they haven't figured out you know how to play without Steph. Really, I think they just they and and maybe there's a a, a switch to be flipped with this team, and they're just sort of cruising. They they obviously they the, they knew they were the two seed like two three weeks ago, so um, there wasn't necessarily any urgency to the 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 last stretch of schedule. But the results weren't very good, and so there needs to be a, a change uh, in the way they're playing um, right away because San Antonio will grind out uh, a game and, and obviously um, uh, have a shot. Um, are, we, are, we, are we worrying too much, guys, about the Warriors, like, you know, because they haven't blown into the playoffs on the, on the heels of some historic regular season? And, you know, I mean, are we, are we over-dramatizing how much trouble they could be in? I, I, I don't know that I would. I actually feel like Golden State will, will win this series 
potentially more comfortably uh, than Houston. And I only say that because what we have to remember is that this is a team that's been to the finals the last three years. There's a lot of baggage. There's a lot of baggage that goes along with the mileage that goes on those wheels, mentally more than physically, with what they've had to deal with the last three years. When you get to that point, that's what makes what LeBron has done in in, in the East so incredible. But when you get to that point, it's, it's hard to be as motivated when the regular season doesn't matter to you. And it doesn't matter to Golden State because they, they've already won 73 and not won the title. Yeah. Nobody's talking about the 73 they won. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's going to talk about the 58 they won this year. They're right. only going to talk about what they do in the postseason. And nobody knows that more than they do. And that's one reason why I don't think Steve Kerr has ever been in a panic mode with this group. They just have it. It's hard, man, to, to when you play at that level to play at it as long as they have. Yeah. You know? In fact, I don't know that any team's ever been as good as they have over a four-year stretch. Right. And so to think that you don't have some psychological baggage to go with that, you're kind of kidding yourself. I'm not saying that they can completely flip a switch and win it again, but I do think they'll be good enough in this series, in part because I don't know that San Antonio can score. Yeah. And again, now you're in a seven-game series where I focus on tendencies and system, right? And I always say in the playoffs, you can take away some tendencies and systems. You can't take away great players. And no matter what Greg Popovich does, they have one guy that you could say is a great player, and they have a bunch of other guys that are good players, meaning that they can be affected far more than you're going to affect what Golden State has. And I just think that Golden State is now finally exhaling. And I do think it's going to take them some time. Again, like I said, I don't know if they can just flip a switch and get back where they were. I don't even know if they can get back, you know, as the postseason. I think they're as vulnerable this year as any year. I just don't think a team like San Antonio, who is so challenged offensively, uh, if this were OKC, um, I would have more concern, honestly, hmm. um, just just because of the, 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 the confidence that their stars are going to give them going into the game. But, yeah. but San Antonio, man, I'm telling you, when you they just struggle to score. It, it is hard sometimes to watch. And they do everything right. But at the end of the day against great defense, you got to have guys who can make plays uh, in duress, and, and they rely on their system too often to have to make plays, and that's harder to do in the postseason. Yeah. That, it's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, again, two – juggernauts the past few years obviously in the West Conference been much longer than that obviously for the Spurs matching up game one Saturday at three o'clock on ABC between the Warriors and Spurs Portland and in the New Orleans Pelicans they are they're, they're two of these teams to me that have we had to take stock of the Western Conference playoff picture two months ago I don't know that we'd have had either one of them in the positions they're in you know but here they are um my my X Factor guy for this entire series is Drew Holiday. And I I know Rajon Rondo's there. Um and he's a guy who's performed at a high level in the playoffs in the past. So you give him some leeway in terms of what he might be able to do. But if they in my eyes, Shu, if the Pelicans don't come up with a clear answer for Portland's backcourt in this series, I don't understand how they they pull off the upset. I mean, they, if they get torched in the backcourt and C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard go bananas, I don't, I don't see how Anthony Davis, with the depleted front line that that they're playing with, 
that Alvin Gentry is working with with the Pelicans. How do they win that series without monster efforts from Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo? Yeah, I mean, I don't worry about Holiday that much. I just I know he'll be locked on Damian Lillard basically anytime Lillard's on the floor. It's just a question of how do how does New Orleans defense handle it when Holiday gets screened off of Lillard, and now Lillard's got a little bit of freedom with the ball. You know who's stepping up to 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 come and defend? How do they, how do they defend that situation in the first place? And you know I think Holiday is just a good player. I don't see him as an X factor at all. I think um, you know CJ McCollum is a little more volatile offensively. Um, he has his ups and downs, and and his sort of performance will may determine a couple of games. And then obviously um, you know the Anthony Davis versus uh, Yusuf Nurkic matchup will be fascinating. Uh, you know we'll see if if New Orleans starts a Mecca Okafor or not. But uh, for the most part, Davis is going to play most of his minutes uh, at the five. And Nurkic has had a, had a really good season defensively, so um, that'll be a, a really good matchup. And like I said, I, I think it's it, it, a lot will boil down to how Portland um, defends those. Uh, Oh, excuse me, how New Orleans defends those Portland pick and rolls um, trying to get Holiday off of Lillard um, because he can lock him down if it's just a one-on-one situation. Right. Game one Saturday, 10.30 Eastern on ESPN between the Pelicans and the Blazers from the Motor Center in Portland. Last Western Conference series, I want to touch on Thunder Jazz, that 4-5 that's always, you know, kind of a, an intriguing matchup. I, I was – looking at the schedule when I was doing the preview for NBA.com, they were done. Their regular season series was done by December 23rd. So they haven't the, – the Thunder won the season series 3-1, but the team they beat up on is not the – they they were 15, 19, a 15 and 19 team that they, they were knocking around. The 33 and 15 finish that the Jazz had, the Thunder haven't seen that team. Is there is there an element of – the unknown, maybe, in terms of the matchup, you know, Gobert was out. Donovan Mitchell was still introducing himself to everybody. Um, you know, Jay Crowder was in the Cleveland Cavaliers uniform, GA. Is is there a little bit of un, uh, the unknown, maybe, that could work in the Jazz's favor in that series? Well, listen, I think the, the Jazz have been as, you know, with Philadelphia, you, you could argue the two best teams down the stretch here uh, in the NBA in terms of how well they're playing. Um, but I would also say Oklahoma City's, I, I think, going to be a little different team. And, and why I like Oklahoma City in the series, listen, they're going to have, I think, the two best players on the floor. Both those guys are really good defensively. And they have a lot more playoff experience than the best player on the floor for Utah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's where, from, from Donovan Mitchell's standpoint, like he's never faced playoff basketball. And so – what happens a lot of times when, with young players, you have not sensed or felt the intensity and the physicality and how the game's going to be officiated. And how you deal with that really affects you. I, I know it did for myself. And, and if you go talk to any guy that first time in the postseason, especially when your first time is your rookie year, um, it's going to be a, a challenge. They're going to be on the road those first two games. Um, and, and I think it's going to be a fun series, but I, I think Oklahoma City, in a weird way, they're kind of like Golden State in that they couldn't wait to get to the postseason. Right. I, I just don't think they were built for the regular season, but I do think they have a chance to make noise because of all the uncertainty in that Western Conference. 
And I like Utah, but I don't know that they're going to be as competitive in that series, even though, to your point, they are infinitely better than they were when the season started. Um, it's just always hard for me when, when your best player is a rookie and, you know, the matchup he's going to have. Remember, he's going to have to deal with, I think, Westbrook. I think Westbrook and Paul George. And Paul George, gonna yeah. 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 So he's not – he's going to get – great defense and physicality, and, you know, I, I just give a, a distinct edge to the Thunder in that one. Game one, Sunday, 6.30 Eastern on TNT, as we swing from the Western Conference Series to the East. That 1-8 Raptors-Wizards, I felt so much better about the Raptors about a month ago. And now all of the demons. And game one is Saturday, 5.30 Eastern on ESPN. All the demons that I that I thought they had – Runoff in Toronto, shoe are they, they, they're looking over at me from the corner, smiling like, "Yeah, you thought this was over. Don't bet on it yet." I mean, should I ignore the history of of what this team has done in the playoffs in the past and focus on how much better they've been all this season with that deep rotation and the changes that they've made, or or is there something to seeing and believing? based on what they do in the in the playoffs here? I mean, there's always that wait and see. You know, you can't – let's wait after game one, right? They always lose game one. <laughs> At least we'll after see, game you one. You know, we'll, we'll know by 8 o'clock Saturday night, you know, what we should believe with the Raptors. But I, I do feel more confident in them this year. Mm-hmm. Even their sort of late-season struggles were overblown and all their losses were close except for one, really, that one of the Cleveland losses were – Yeah, they got yeah, they didn't, they didn't even get drilled. They just, you know, it wasn't. It was like fifteen or something with, yeah. with five or six minutes left. Um, so I, I, I think they've just been really good, and and there's not much to just based on what they've done in the regular season. There's not much to worry about unless you know, unless it's just the LeBron matchup itself, and and mm-hmm. you can save that for another couple of weeks uh, at least. Yeah. Um, so. I, I feel confident in what they can do. Uh, uh, Washington's the team that's been really just bad, you know, the last few weeks. That team has chemistry issues. It has bench issues. Kelly Oubre's been downright awful the last couple of weeks. And so um, when their starters go off the floor, they have nothing. And that's where, obviously, Toronto can really take advantage because Toronto's had the best bench in the league. Um, I know Fred Van Fleet had an injury uh, Wednesday night, so hopefully yeah. that was minor. Yeah, maybe there's a little shakiness in, in Toronto, but there's a lot more shakiness oh. in Washington with in regards to this series. Yeah. Um, John Wall, GA, is the one guy I think about, and I'm wondering what has to be going through his mind right now. He He's talked so much about the Wizards, you know, ascending to that next level in the Eastern Conference and in the league. Here they are, you know. The number eight seed, really? This is not yeah, the look, way he they, planned. They've had a, they've had a horrible regular season. Yeah, but I still think they're a tough matchup for Toronto. Like we can we can talk about Toronto, but basically what we've seen from Toronto, and I like Toronto a lot, is what we see from them every year: really good regular season and wildly inconsistent postseason. Even in the year they went to the conference final last year. You know, there was a lot of concern about that group. And to me, the biggest concern is going to be Kyle Lowry. Yeah. And you just talked about it. He's going to have to deal with John Wall. And the, the thing about this 1-8, Washington doesn't 
feel like Toronto is better. Like if this were one eight and it was Cleveland and Cleveland's fifty nine and twenty three, Washington would have doubt as to whether or not they can win this series. Right. I don't think they doubt that they can win this series. And they have had their issues down the stretch, but they've also, remember, had to work John Wall back in after he had missed a significant portion of the season. And so they had shown flashes when he was out and some inconsistency too, but now you got to reintegrate, and that takes time. I, I just really feel like this is one of the more intriguing series because Toronto's going to feel pressure. And yeah. if, if they don't play well, if Kyle Lowry struggled in game one, I'm telling you, this series could be long. It could be really long because you could listen. As good as Lowry and DeRozan have been, you could make the argument that Washington has a better backcourt. Yeah, and, and yeah. I'm sorry. Anytime what your strength is, and their bench is their strength also, but what your strength is isn't as strong as the opponent. That that's cause for concern. And so, yeah, it's a one eight, and they were 16 games better during the regular season, and we can say all of that stuff. But listen. Washington was a game away from playing in the conference final last year. Right. And, and so I, I just think that this is going to be a really tough matchup. Um, it's probably, I, I guarantee you they would have preferred Toronto to see Milwaukee <laughs> and, to see, <laughs> and to see Washington in this first round. Right. Game one of that series, 530 Eastern Saturday on ESPN. Um, that You mentioned the Celtics and the Bucks. You, you know, you mentioned that Bucks team. Game one Sunday, one o'clock Eastern on TNT. And by the way, could you? I miss mean, a basketball lover's dream. You get nonstop games all weekend. There's gonna be a lot of uh, NBA playoff widows roaming, you know, flea markets and malls, and you know, blowing up credit cards this weekend. Because I'm telling you, I ain't, I'm not speaking to anybody Saturday. Go away, get out, get away from me. I got basketball to watch. Um, the Celtics. They would appear to be vulnerable to everybody, except for the fact that every time you start thinking like that, shoe, that you know Brad Stevens stirs the potion again, and they go back to work. I, I know everybody assumes that that you know, hey, like, you, you want to catch the Celtics now when they're down, no Kyrie. I don't know if I'm, I'm buying into that. They, to me, they could end up being a surprise team in these playoffs. They're still going to have a great defense, and. It's just a matter of are they going to get enough offense from night to night. I think defensively they're going to be okay. Uh, you know, with Milwaukee, you know, you know what priority number one is is keep Giannis Antetokounmpo from getting to the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can do that, you're in, in good shape. So if you can get back in transition with that team, that's that really starts with getting back in transition. Really starts with offensive execution. So if they take care of the ball and they get the layups that the Milwaukee defense will yield because that's what the Milwaukee defense does is it yields layups and corner threes. So they execute just well enough offensively. They don't have to be great. If they execute well enough offensively, then they can their defense they can get their defense set and they should be in in good shape. Like I said, they they have the defense is going to be there um and they have some elements to offense, you know, Rozier can can do some things off the dribble. They'll they'll work through the post a lot more without Kyrie Irving with with Horford and Marcus Morris and uh, even Greg Monroe off the bench. Um, and so it's just a matter of, uh, you know, if these guys can 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 make enough shots. Milwaukee, it's tough to just they're just so inconsistent from night to night. Um on both ends of the floor, really. Yeah. Um, to believe in them as much, like I just feel like 
Boston just has a better foundation to 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 believe in right now. Yeah. Um, Man, this thing, yeah, I'm real quick. It worked out perfectly for Boston because Milwaukee is to me by far the worst team in the Eastern Conference mm. in the postseason. You think so? Yeah. And I think they're they're. I don't think Boston Milwaukee's that good. <laughs> just break down their talent and the way they play. They, they listen. Last night was not. Uh, an aberration. They they have really not been a very good basketball team uh, for about three months, um, and, and I don't see it changing because uh, to choose point, Boston's so good defensively that you're not gonna get a lot of easy stuff. And Milwaukee, I don't think it's patient enough nor good enough offensively to score consistently enough against Boston. Yeah, I think. Well, I'm gonna reserve. I'm going to take Shoes' advice and wait till game one, after game one. <laughs> then I'll I'll give that another. Uh, yeah, the question is how healthy are they beyond the injuries that yes. we know? You know, yeah. like, cause, like cause well, how does it we affect We know Marcus him? Smart. Like, say we we know Marcus Smart won't be back till at least game five or so. We know Kyrie right. Irving's out. We know Tice is out. Is everybody else okay? If everybody else is okay, <laughs> then I think they're all right. You right. know, like that's if they lose like one more guy, then things start to get real shaky because then they got to start. You know, depending on some of these undrafted rookies that they got out there. We talked about uh, the Sixers at the top of the show. Game one Saturday night, 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN against Miami in the 3-6 matchup. To me, that says more about the Sixers season than anything. They got a primetime Saturday night slot for their playoff opener. And the only thing that I keep thinking of is what does Eric Spolster have in store for Ben Simmons? What is he? Spolster to me is one of the best at at taking away whatever you do best, and I, I have to believe he and his staff are licking their chops at least at the challenge of trying to figure out how to shut Ben Simmons down or slow him down. Ga in, in a playoff setting. Well, he's a unique rookie, um, and, and the, he's the one rookie that I don't know that he can slow down. Because he doesn't beat you with scoring. Yeah. So they're going to be challenged. And I will tell you, they it doesn't matter what they do if they shoot the three ball the way they shot it and the way they've been shooting here late. Offensively, they that's another thing that's going to be tough because, see, you can't load to them the way you'd want to load to Ben Simmons um, because of the three-point shooting. And, and Philly's offense, and shoot, I know you watch them a lot, their offense is terrific. Their movement and their understanding of how to play without the basketball is veteran-like. Like, they play like a veteran team. And they got veterans on that roster. But, yeah. man, they are, they're going to be – and they're really good defensively. Like, so, you know, you, you could argue that, to me, they don't have the experience, I grant you, but to me, they're the, they're the scariest team in the, in the Eastern Conference. They're the team I wouldn't want to play. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you, if they beat Miami, it's going to help them because they're not going to face a more physical team in the postseason than Miami. Boston's like that too, but I would even say Miami, when they're right, they can even be more physical defensively um, than, than Boston can be. Uh, and, and so that's going to help them. But Simmons' ability to, to kill you without scoring, you know, because if he's rebounding defensively, you're dead. There, You really can't stop a transition rebound. like And by that, I mean, when Russell Westbrook grabs a rebound, you're dead in transition unless he makes a bad decision. 
when Ben Simmons grabs a rebound, you're going to be dead in transition because they're going to get good looks. Now, it's just a matter if they make them because you're cross-matched every time that guy gets the rebound. That's why when your point guard's a great rebounder, it's such a huge advantage. Or the guy who initiates your offense, if he's rebounded, it puts way more pressure because you're automatically cross-matched. And, and it's gonna if that guy's really good with it, you're gonna get great looks every time. So it, it's you know in Miami still they've been much better offensively. I don't still view them as a really good offensive team, uh, and, and I do think Philly man, they're they've been as much fun to watch as anybody in the league. And like I said, you you see how many wins they've had, but when you really watch them, you realize just how how good they are. And this last stretch has been without Embiid, so that we haven't even. Back to him, and if, if he's able to play in that first round, yeah. Um, I am. I'm l- reluctant to talk about this guy because he talks about himself so much these days, and he's so impressed with his. Uh, <laughs> so impressed with himself at 33, 15 years in, making a mockery of of uh, the the father time theory and, and the fact that you're supposed to get you know more ragged as you get older. Um, do the Pacers have any shot shoe against against LeBron in the playoff? I mean, he's he's won what twenty one straight against Eastern Conference teams. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I think they can win a game or two. I mean, Cleveland's defense is still bad, right? Like atrocious. It's not, it's not good. Yeah, I, but I mean, it's LeBron. The, I, I just keep getting hung up on just like how unprecedented precedent it is to have such a bad defensive team be such a favorite, whether it's just to win a series or win two rounds. I wrote about it today in, in our uh, Cavs-Pacers preview. They're the first bottom three. They, they rank 29th in, in, in defense. They're yeah, the LeBron's first team that ranked in the – I know, I know, but it's just, <laughs> unpre- like, it's just totally weird to have such a bad defensive team just be so, like, be wow. thought of as the favorite. It's just totally different, it, and they weren't this bad last year. So, right. for me, I think, and Indiana's better offensive team than they were last year, and Cleveland didn't defend them very well in the first round. Um, and so, Indiana will put some pressure on these guys. They will run, and they will also put pressure, try to put pressure on them defensively. That's Indiana's a team that tries to force turnovers and, and get out in the open court. But yeah, I, I I don't know who they put in front of LeBron. Honestly, you know, if you're looking at lineups it's either Thaddeus Young or or uh Bojan Bogdanovich so some, other, I, I, some sacrificial yeah. uh NBA player will will, will be forced to deal with the but I just want I want I just want to see what Cleveland does defensively is there yeah. is it any better than it was has been in the regular season you know I mean they've they've this is the well they they swept a, a lot of teams obviously um LeBron has been on the winning side so often that it's really difficult for me to do anything other than, you know, observe and and appreciate the way he has just literally run roughshod over the Eastern Conference the last seven years. Um, no, I mean, it's, it, but this is the worst group he's had around him, right? In I know, but we say that years. all the time. So, and then they get in the right, playoffs that, and yeah, we'll boat race people. Well, well, let's, let's time will tell. Remember, they're they're going to have a, three or four days to focus on a specific opponent yeah, and to really work on things. Like, and and they in a lot of ways are the same boat we talked about with Golden State, man. When you they've been in this position, even though they got a lot of new guys, which actually will help them from an athletic standpoint and energy standpoint. But when you've been down this road as many times, man, it's hard to the regular season doesn't matter as much. 
Right. Like it, it, it doesn't. Not that they don't want to win the games, but you just you're they are human. Even though he's been superhuman this regular season as a group, they're human. And I just feel like they feel that they're still the team to beat. That's why I don't think it mattered where they ended up seated. And I don't base it all on regular season. You go look back to this. There have been tons of times where teams have had better records against opponents. I think Indiana won the regular season series, didn't they? 3-1? 3-1. Yeah. 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 So if, that, if, if that's the case, why are we picking Indiana? I mean, it's because <laughs> well, that's all, those, day, all those games were before the deadline, the trade deadline, too. Cleveland. And and I just think as a group, they're going to have to get better defensively, and I think they will. And I think they won that series handy. Yeah. And and there's also just a question of sustained focus. Like, they've had some good wins in the last few weeks, right? Mm -hmm. They beat Toronto a couple times, but then they follow that up with a clunker, right? So there's there's another question of, you know, a, a sustained focus from game to game. And, and having days off, obviously, and, 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 and you know, film on, on just one opponent will help that, I guess. But it, 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 there's still questions to be answered with this team, for sure. Yeah, I think it's – I think all of this and, and more adds to the spice of the, the NBA playoffs, which kick off this weekend. Um, you can certainly find previews and analysis for every single series at NBA.com slash playoffs. Um if you haven't already subscribed to Hang Time on Apple Podcasts for new episodes of this show every week throughout the playoffs, we will be here all the way through. Uh, and don't forget to leave a, a glowing review. You, you must be, you know, entranced by John Schumann's um, dulcet tones and GA's vocals. Uh, but fellas, I'm sure we will cross paths on, on the playoff trail here coming up at some point. So. Uh, stay locked in and stay focused. And Shu, I'm I'm gonna refer to your stats breakdowns for some of these series because I'm serious. I don't see I don't see the separation that I normally see in playoffs. You know, between these teams, I'm wondering how much of it is that detailed minutia. You know, in those trends and and little subtle things that will make the difference in some of these series that to the naked eye look like they could end up being closer. Yep. Or more competitive than they've been in the past. Yep. Well, let me get back to work then, and I'll uh, have, have your detailed reports prepared for you uh, by Saturday morning. I appreciate that, brother. GA, I will see you on the tube and uh, down the road, my man. Be careful and uh, let the playoffs begin, fellas. You too, my friend. Take care, Sue. You guys be good. All right, fellas. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, say Kuna Matata.